Praise the Lord. I want you to open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and uh, verse 23 and 24. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 23 and 24. Pastor Kim began to jump into my message today, and I was getting ready to sit her down. <laughs> She's going to get into it, but it's all right. It's a good prelude to what we're talking about today. Are you there, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23 and 24? All right. Okay, let's read that all together today. Ready? Read. Moreover, I call God as witness against my soul that to spare you I came no more to Corinth. Not that we have dominion over your faith, but our fellow workers for your joy, for by faith you stand. All right, that's critical here. Not that we have dominion over your faith. So this is how, same thing is for me to you. We don't have dominion over your faith, but our fellow workers for your joy, for by faith you stand. Today I want to talk on the subject Protect your joy. Protect your joy. Father, today we thank you for the word we're about to receive. I pray each hearer is attentive and listening and ready to receive. That there's meekness, Lord, today in us so that we can properly receive the word of God, which is able to save our souls. And I pray, Father, as we, as we receive this word, that it goes into our hearts and helps to, to analyze anything going on that we can remove anything that's a hindrance and allow those things that will be a help to us to get embedded in our spirit. Today, have your way. Speak to us from heaven. Anoint me, anoint your people, for your word is already anointed. So let it be an anointed transaction today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right. Protect your joy. Tell your neighbor, protect your joy. You must protect your joy. Hallelujah. Now, with all that's going on in the world, it's easy for you and me and all of us to get caught up in the fray. Again, as we've said it here a few times today, 2020 is a year I don't think any of us will ever forget. It's, it's etched in our minds permanently of all the things that have been going on. Satan's been busy in this year, and not only has he been uh, separating people and people groups. I hope you see that. This is what the devil has been doing to us in this year. He's been separating people, social distancing, and separating people groups. Tension and division among churches and among colors or, or, or ethnicities. And he's created that but what's bigger even than that is that he's been separating people from their joy. Did you hear what I said? You want to really pay attention to what I'm saying to you today. I'm, I'm going to teach, on, teach today something that's so critical. You, you may think, well, I've already kind of heard this kind of message. Well, that's great. You've had potatoes before, too. You've had bread before, but you, you eat it every <laughs> Okay. Praise God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So he's separating people from their joy. 
In other words, this, he, Satan has a diabolical scheme he's working in the earth. And he's working it very effectively. And we can see outwardly what's happening. The division, the strife, the, the, the um, isolation, the separation, the contention, the, the suspicion of each other. Right? People walk by, they don't have a mask on, you're suspicious. Oh, they do have a mask on and they're suspicious. Hey, you, know, you follow what I'm saying? But what, what may not be so clearly evident is what's going on internally. Which is a much bigger issue than what's going on externally. He's separating people from their joy. You and I have to quickly recognize that our joy is under attack. Did you hear that? Our joy is under attack. Joy is being replaced by anger. It's hard to have anger and joy at the same time. Y'all ain't saying anything. Bitterness, strife, contention, wrath. The Bible calls outbursts of wrath. <laughs> Offense. Everybody's offended. And when you're offended, you can't have joy flowing. When there's bitterness in your heart, you can't have joy flowing. When you're victimized in your mind, there's no joy flowing. There's all kind of dissensions and strife. There's no joy flowing. Glory to God. And although it's pretty clear to me, Gershom, that these things are detrimental to our community at large. You look at the fabric of society as being just ripped apart right now. People are just at odds. On, on, I mean, on, on every side. What's greater and more dangerous is the hidden danger to believers. Because when your joy is depleted, when your joy is replaced by other um, emotional strongholds, not just other emotions, it's okay to have emotions. We all have emotions. Everybody say, We all have emotions. Everybody has emotions. God gave us emotions. God has emotions. But when you allow emotions to become strongholds, you know, we talk about in the Bible pulling down strongholds, and people always point to, the, you know, intercession and warfare for those strongholds over communities, and those strongholds over the city, and those strongholds over our nation, those strongholds over so-and-so, but nobody deals with the strongholds over our minds and our souls, which are simply based on emotions that you don't get in check. That's why the Bible talks about bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Oh, y'all hear me so far? Bring it into captivity every thought, which means every emotion is triggered by thought. Every emotion is triggered by thought. And if you let those thoughts begin to run wild, those thoughts turn into imaginations. Y'all hear me? Glory to God. Weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to pull down a stronghold, casting out imaginations, right? Second, Second Corinthians 10, 3, start at verse 3, verse 4, 5, so on, so on, 4. All right, so then we're talking about these thoughts become imaginations, and imagination is simply you plan out images in your mind. That's what imagination is. It's you playing out images, you, you producing your own movies. 
and you begin to imagine what you're going to do to somebody. You begin to imagine that's what you're going to do to somebody. If they come out their mouth wrong tomorrow, I'm telling you what I'm going to do to them. Right? You've already played it out in your mind. You let me go on Facebook and see them write one thing. I'm going to click. I'm uh, Right? Triggered by thought. But now images begin to play. You begin to write your own script. You cut, you cut and paste and put your own little things together. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we got to fix that because what happens is those things begin to replace our joy. Hallelujah. Pastor, why is this important? Because joy is the fuel for your faith. Joy is the fuel for your faith. You need to hear me on this. You need to hear me on this. You need to hear me on this. This is a year of vision manifestation. This is a year of, this is what God has declared. Prophesy till you can testify. Year of the open mouth. And all of us have things we're believing God for, things God has said to us, things we're just desiring. He didn't say it, but we're, we're desiring things, and we have a right to do that according to the word of God. And everything requires faith, and your faith requires joy. In fact, I can go this far. Your hope requires faith. Right? Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So if you can have a hope, which is a desire, something you dream about, something you desire from God, but your hope will never be realized without faith. And your faith will never function without joy. Man, I wish y'all would shake yourselves awake and listen to what I'm saying to you. Because I, I, I don't want to see you and me or anybody else not manifest in a year of manifestation. Miss out on everything God has spoken and declared over yourselves, over us as a group, over your household, your business, your family, because, because, because you, you, you lost your joy. <laughs> well, Pastor, you know, I believe. Well, it's wonderful to believe. But if you have no joy, your faith is going to peter out. You ever, you, ever got, you ever driven a car and you ran out of gas? I mean, actually, literally ran out of gas. Not running, ran. Anybody ever run out of gas? You know that sound? Silent. Try to cruise down a hill as long as you can. I learned a trick from Brother Kirkland is if you don't know you're run out of gas, Go up on the Howard Franklin and, and run out there because the Florida Rangers will come get you. Won't they come help you out? <laughs> Kirkland has all kind of life hacks. <laughs> so, how many of y'all have some hope in this world? Okay, that's, I mean, you have a desire. So your desire, which is hope, according to Hebrews 11 verse 1, needs faith. Because faith gives substance to your hope. In other words, makes your hope a reality. Gives something for your hope to stand on. Substance. Under. 
standing. You can, your hope now is something to stand on in faith. But your faith without joy will always peter out. Okay? First John chapter 5 and verse 4 and verse 5. Because you need faith to have victory in life. I've been teaching that the last week here, right? First John 5 verse 4 and 5 media. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So faith is what's required to overcome the world. You know, we were talking about beating the system. I'm not talking about that no more. I moved on. Tell your neighbor I moved on. So, but I'm talking about what your faith needs. I've told you you need faith to beat the system. But now I want to talk about what your faith needs. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. How many of y'all believe Jesus is the Son of God? Okay, that's where your faith is. Okay? Now, even that, you need some joy. Glory to God. Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. Hebrews 12, I believe, verse 1. Looking on Jesus, author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy... That was set before him. So as an author or finisher of our faith, it was joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, despised the shame, which means he was going to go through something, and his joy is what got him through it. Y'all better hear what I'm telling you. He was going to go through something. Tell your neighbor, you're going to go through something. Tell him again, you're going to go through something. See, and your joy is critical to getting you through it. Glory to God. Now, I taught you this. Remember I taught you on how to beat the system. I gave you four things that you need to do. Number one was to be strong, right, which meant to be determined. Number two, I gave you was to be alert, right? That word courageous means to be alert. Then I taught you stay focused, right? Then I taught you stay in motion. Now, I want to look back a couple of those to show you something here, why it's important to get this joy right. And when it says be alert, that was number two, right? Because I told you you got to recognize that you have an enemy. I want you to recognize you have an enemy, okay? One of God's archangels is now our arch rival. Some people now say archangels, but it's just arch. It doesn't matter how you say it. Archangels is now our arch rival. In other words, he used to be on God's side, which, which by, by, uh, by connection meant he was on our side. But now he's opposite God, which means he's opposite us. So that means as much as he was for God before, he's against God now. As much as he was for us before, he's against us now. So you have an arch rival. You have somebody who all he does is think about how he's going to hurt you. Now, some of y'all have some people in your life that you don't like. But, but you're not thinking about how you can do something against them. 
You're praying for them, right? How to handle your enemies, right? Secret gifts and intercession and prayer and all that kind of good stuff. And you're speaking, you're blessing them and loving on them and all that kind of good stuff, right? Okay. But the devil ain't like that. He ain't interceding for you. He ain't praying for you. He's not trying to bring you any secret gifts. He's not, he doesn't have any soft answers to turn away your wrath. He's coming hard and coming strong. Now, in John 10, verse 10, this is a scripture we know so well. Jesus said this, the thief does not come. The thief is Satan, the enemy. He does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. So the only reason he comes is to steal, kill, or destroy. Right? Now, we know Jesus came so that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Okay? But I'm not talking about Jesus today. Not this moment. I'm going to talk about him, but I'm, right this moment, I want you to understand your enemy. And he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes, listen to this, to steal your joy. If he can steal your joy, he can kill your faith. And if he can kill your faith, he'll destroy your life. So he's trying to steal your faith, your joy. Now remember what I'm teaching on today, protect your joy. He knows how valuable your joy is. His whole role in heaven was to keep a joy atmosphere. Oh, y'all missed it. He was Lucifer, son of the morning. Son of the morning. His job was to, at the break of dawn, joy through the kingdom. He was the archangel over joy. To keep the atmosphere before God's throne right all the time. That was his job. He understood wherever joy was. He understood in the presence of the Lord there was fullness of joy. He understood that. And he understands that. So he knows right now that to keep you disconnected from God, I've got to steal your joy. I've got to batter you so much, introduce so much negativity to you that you, you let me just take your joy. Because if I take your joy, your faith is going to peter out. You understand this? It was his job. It was his job. Lucifer, son of the morning. The Bible said that his, his frame, he had these pipes in him. He had these pipes in him that, that whenever the wind would blow, it just, it'd bring out music. It would create a joy atmosphere. You read it in the Bible. Read Isaiah and the book of Ezekiel about, about Satan, how uh, Lucifer, how he was when he was in his high estate. Son of the morning. Joy, joy, joy. So he knows that what God put in man to keep man's soul right. In fact, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm, I'm going to say it now. Joy is the levy system for the soul. 
Joy is the levy, levy, L-E-V-E. Y'all know what a levy is? Uh, the reason why uh, Hurricane Katrina destroyed parts of, of, uh, of uh, New Orleans was because the levees failed. The levees failed. Levees control water, flood. And when levy systems failed, it hadn't just happened in New Orleans, it happened in other parts of the world. When you know, Army, Army Corps of Engineers put up levees in different areas, and different nations put up levees. And when those levees fail, the floods come and they destroy whatever is there. Put up uh, Psalm 93. And let's start around verse 3. Oh, that's it, exactly. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. Here's what's coming against you. But the Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, than the mighty waves of the sea. But the floods come. Isaiah 50. Three, no, 50, um, let me see. Where is it, Lord? I think it's Isaiah 57, actually. What's, what's the scripture says? When an enemy comes in like a flood? Somebody knows? Yo, nobody knows? But we can, we can quote it. And I was trying to give y'all the exact scripture. 59, 19. Thank you, that's my amen corner over there. 59, 19. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord lifts up, lifts up a standard or a levy. So floods are held back by levees. You understand this? So joy is a levy system for your soul. Contentment, peace. It's a system that when those waves come, if you don't have something in place, you get overwhelmed and you lose your joy and now your faith will not work. Lord, this is so big. This is so big. All right? Now, so I reminded you again from last week, we're talking about being alert, right? I want to remind you of the point number three we had, which was stay focused. Okay, now I want you to go to Philippians 4 real quick. Philippians 4. Because you've got to meditate on the word of God. Much more than um, anything else. I don't want to say much more than you are, because I don't know how much you meditate on the word. I just know much more than anything else. It's safe to say that. Right? Philippians 4. And verse 4, let me know when you got it. Look how it starts out here. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. That was weak, boy. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. 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 Now, rejoicing is an act 
It's, it's, it's putting your joy in verb form. It's the action of joy. Literally, it, it means to react with joy. To respond with joy. To let joy flow out. Rejoice. <laughs> Glory to God. Like vibrate or vibration is, you could also say reverberation. It's a continuous vibration. So rejoicing is a continual expression of joy. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord how often? Always. How often? Come on now. Always. And again, I will say do what? Rejoice. Rejoice. So <laughs> um, I, I want to I I hip you to something real quick. Everybody listen to me? I need you to not take the Bible as a side note of your life, as a side book of maybe possible things you ought to think about. But take the Bible literally as in commandments, not just good suggestions, but commandments. In other words, take the Bible as the operation manual for your life. When you buy some new electronic equipment, that's why most of us growing up had VCRs that flashed 12 o'clock for years. 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock. Because nobody would go through the manual, the operation manual. See, how do I just simply change this, set this time is what it was to be. Well, somebody came over, they set it for me, then, then the power went out, lost it again, it's 12 o'clock again. In other words, the manual would tell you, this is how you do this. So when the, this is our manual here. So when the Bible says rejoice in the Lord always again, I will say rejoice. This is how you get the optimum, the maximum output out of your life. Respond with joy. Release joy. All the time. Give me that same verse, verse 4, if you can, please. I know you can. In the ERV, the easy to read version. Philippians 4, verse 4. Notice what it says here. Always be filled with joy. Always be filled with joy in the Lord. I will say it again, be filled with joy. Y'all, we know be filled with the Spirit. But here it says, always be filled with joy. Which means that's something you got to do. You got to always fill up on joy. That means there's somewhere you can go and get joy. Come on, right? If they say always stay, get, you know, keep your gas full, there's somewhere you can go get it. And there's a price you got to pay to get it. So we know in his presence, Psalm 16, there's fullness of joy. So I got to go to his presence to get it. And what's the price? It's laying my life down, laying my time down, laying everything else aside so I can get filled up on this joy. I will say it again. Be filled with anger. Now what's happening? All around us, this system right now, everything is trying to fill us up with everything but joy. I'm going to help you today if you let me. It's trying to fill us with everything else, Barbara, but joy. You watch the news long enough and you're, you're depressed. 
You get on Instagram long enough and you're mad. You talk to your family long enough and you're disgusted. You get filled up with all that stuff and you're not filled with joy. Because all those things work against joy. Now, you know you can get filled with peace, but peace is like an additive to joy. <laughs> they, they, they cooperate. You know you can get filled with love, but love and joy cooperate. You can get filled with gladness, but gladness and joy cooperate. But joy and anger cannot cooperate. Joy and hatred cannot cooperate. Joy and strife cannot cooperate. Joy and envy cannot cooperate. So I've got to make sure, ladies and gentlemen, that I'm filled with joy. Philippians 4, go back to the New King James Version. Philippians 4, verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Verse 5, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. He's right upon us. He's very near. Verse 3, now watch, I'm sorry, verse, verse 6 rather. Verse 6, be anxious for nothing. But in everything with prayer and supplication, or by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So be anxious for nothing. Now he's talking about here how to stay full of joy. In fact, if you have a good Bible, or I can say a good Bible. Your Bible's probably a good Bible no matter where it came from. But if you have this particular publisher's uh, Henderson, or whatever that's called, or Holman Bible, New King James, at the beginning of this section, it'll say, be united, joyful, and in prayer. How many of y'all's Bible says that? Something like that. All right, good. Be united, joyful, and in prayer. So he's teaching how to do that. How to be united. That's why he's talking about uh, Syntyche and those ladies helping them out, y'all being one. Then be joyful and in prayer. So he says here in verse 6 again, he says, be anxious for nothing. Glory to God. Why? Because anxiety, fret, worry, it will deplete your joy. How many of y'all listen to what I'm telling you today? Y'all look like y'all off in La La Land. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to tell you by experience what has helped me through these 20 years of learning faith. Learning how to walk by faith. Learning how to get manifestation when all the odds were against me. is joy. It's joy. It's when you have, the Bible talks about having all joy in believing. When you believe something, you have joy about it. My wife talking about, she was playing that message that I preached on uh, uh, the force of joy. In part one, and I, I, she, she was playing a part, walking in the room, and talking about how when I was a kid, and my parents, when we said we were going to Disney World, our church took a trip to Walt Disney World, and how ex excited I was. I had joy. I believed them. I don't know how we were getting there. I don't know how much it was going to cost. I just believed that they said we're going to Walt Disney World, and I couldn't sleep that night, not because I had insomnia, but because I, have, I had joy. I had joy in believing. Joy kept me awake. And I didn't doze off when I got to Walt Disney World. 
Because now I was at manifestation. I'll talk about that in a minute. Now, so I need to protect my joy. Anxiety and worry, it says here, be anxious for nothing. Don't be agitated about anything. Don't be overwhelmed by anything. Don't, don't be too hyped in frustration about anything. Because they will deplete your joy. Now, okay, I want to give you a scripture here. Proverbs 12 and verse 25. Man, time is moving quickly here. Proverbs 12, verse 25. Hallelujah. I need you to hear this, see this, commit it to memory. Commit it to memory. Commit it to memory. Anxiety, now he said be anxious for nothing. Anxiety in the heart of man causes... He said be anxious for nothing. Why? Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. Well, it's a chemical imbalance. Well, that may have something to do with it, but your main issue is not a chemical imbalance. You're anxious about something. Anxious about, am I going to have enough? Anxious about how things are going to turn out. Anxious about results. Anxious about who's going to be there. Anxious about, are they going to like me? Anxious about, you know, are we going to still have a job next week? Anxious about, can I pay for it? Anxious about, well, there's a there virus out there. And people are anxious about all that kind of stuff like that. Just anxious. And the Bible says anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. Now, depression is absolutely the opposite of rejoicing and having joy. And if, if you don't protect yourself against anxiety... You will depress yourself. And when you depress yourself, you deplete your joy. And when you, de you deplete your joy, you stunt your faith. And without faith, you can't produce anything. Glory to God. Says, but a good word. Notice the opposite, Deke, here. But a good word makes it, your heart, glad. Now, notice how it juxtaposes these things here. Anxiety will make your heart depressed, but a good word will make it glad. So, a good word never brings anxiety. So if you have anxiety, it's because you are running low on good word. And if, if, if you put a perm in your head, Candace, if you, you put a perm in your head and you don't want it to burn all your hair out, you got to put a neutralizer on it. Somebody I know that was going on. I don't care if it's my permanent wave, permanent relax. It's all the same. You got to put, I, I, I went to school for this. You got to put a neutralizer on that to stop that chemical process. Because if you don't, you're going to come up not very, okay? You got to stop that process. Anxiety needs something to neutralize it. 
And a good word will neutralize that detrimental process to your heart. So when you feel yourself getting anxious, when you feel yourself getting worried, when you feel yourself getting afraid, when you feel yourself getting fretful, you need to go find right away. Lord, I need a good word right now. I need a good word. And I'm not going to get it from CNN or Fox or anybody else. I'm going to get a good word from the word of God. I got to go to church. I got to turn some word on. I got to get around a believer who can talk something good to me. Talk a good word. I don't, need, I don't need you to rub my back. I need a good word. I don't need you to pat me on my head. I need a good word. Because your pat. Matter of fact, if you rub my back, it only reinforces... I know y'all don't like that. I know y'all don't like that. But if, if I rub your back, that's all I'm going to do is reinforce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing that's going to neutralize that perm is a good word. Somebody shout, I need a good word. Every day. And you, why I say that? Because every day is some stuff out there, Chris. You can't turn on your news without hearing words that are going to cause you to be anxious. You can't go down the street without hearing something, seeing something that's going to make you anxious. You can't go into your social media feed. You can't go on your YouTube. You can't don't do anything. You can't hardly call your cousin without hearing something or seeing something that's going to cause you to have anxiety. You going along doing just fine, all of a sudden somebody call you and say, hey, you know, you heard about, heard about cousin, cousin so-and-so came down with that coronavirus. You need to pray for them. I know you're one of them prayer warriors. You need to pray for them. And yes, here you go. You're going to pray for them, but the devil going to keep reminding you. He's going to say, you got to be careful. And it's going to cause anxiety. And you have to know how to come Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Sometimes out of your own spirit. <laughs> Sometimes out of your own. I'm telling you what got me, what got my wife and me through was a good word coming out of our own spirit. Because you can't always get to the church house. You can't always find a prayer partner that you can talk to. But when you have the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, he'll bring to your remembrance everything I told you and it'll lift you up. It'll make you glad. Hallelujah. I need a good word. I need a good word. If you don't have a good word for me, I don't have time to talk to you right now. In this climate we're in, I need some good words. With all that's going on in the world, I, I understand. I understand people are upset, but right now I'm working on something. Right, I mean, I understand. I feel for you, and I, I understand. But right now, I, I'm dealing with something personal right now that I, I really I, I I I can't help you yet. 
When I, when I get through here, I'll help you. But right now, I'm, I'm in a personal battle. I'm in a personal fight. I'm in a personal thing that I, gotta, I, gotta, I need a good word. You got to know where you can get a good word from. Because you got to protect your joy. I said you got to protect your joy. I said you got to protect your joy. Give me this same verse in the uh, easy to read version, please. Same verse, easy to read version. I know it. I, I know it because I've, I'm not preaching this by faith. I'm preaching this by experience. What my wife and I have had to walk through for all these years. See, people have this thing, well, y'all pastors and everything, all is gravy and food. Oh, you nuts. Well, you, you think the devil gives a pastor a break? Or do you understand the reality that he works harder on the pastor than he does anybody else? Here's what the Bible says in the easy to read version, same verse. Worry takes away your joy. That's easy to read, ain't it? Easy to understand, ain't it? Worry takes away your joy. So you don't have room, you don't have time to allow worry to get into your heart. Because if I let worry get in there, worry is coming like, like little Pac-Man, just eating away at my joy. But a kind word makes you happy. Tell your neighbor, you got to protect your joy. <laughs> I mean, y'all remember I, uh, this movie uh, came out, I don't, know, I don't know, it was last year, year before last, uh, Black Panther. Y'all remember that? Well, the parts that I was still awake on, I remember, remember them talking about vibranium. Remember that? And how they had to work to protect the vibranium. Because everybody wanted that vibranium. Vibranium was what ran the whole everything. All the technology, they, they could get healed by vibranium. I mean, they could everything. Am I right, Kirkland? Everything. They, so they had to protect vibranium. Can I help all you? From Wakanda. There is no Wakanda. And there is no vibranium. But there is joy. And if you, if you get filled up on joy, joy will power your faith. And if you use faith, you can conquer the world. Hallelujah. Now, go back to Philippians 4. Oh, man, I'm feeling like I'm not going to finish. Philippians 4, verse 8. Give me verse 8. Philippians 4, verse 8. Go to the, back to the beginning of Philippians 4, verse 8, please. Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble. Now, this is, remember, a good word makes it glad. 
Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of, are of what? If there is any virtue, and if there's anything praiseworthy. King James says like this, if there's any virtue, any, any praise. Any virtue, any praise. Now that word virtue doesn't mean, don't think virtue, oh, she's such a virtuous woman. Like, virtue means power. He said, if there's any power, if you're going to have any power in your life, if you're going to have any praise in your life, you got to think on these things. Everybody say virtuous power. Well, how do you know? Well, in Mark chapter 5, when Jesus was sitting there on the way to Jairus' house, and a woman with the issue of blood came to him, the Bible says she reached down, she touched him of his garment, and the Bible says that Jesus Christ felt virtue go out of him. Virtuous power. Woo-hoo! Thank you, Holy Ghost. That means that something flow out of, out of him to heal her body. If there's going to be any healing, if there's going to be any deliverance, if there's going to be any breakthrough, if there's going to be any turnaround, if there's going to be any praise, he says, think on, meditate on these things. So the devil's going to give you all kind of things to meditate on, and you got to strategically, intentionally focus on, no, I'm not meditating on those things. I'm not meditating on that thing. I'm going to meditate only on these things. The devil's strategic. I have YouTube. I have YouTube. He knows things to throw into your feed. Anybody else have YouTube? He knows what to put into your feed. What to put into your feed. What to put into your feed. He's hoping that you'll feed on these things. as opposed to feeding only on good word. He knows those things are going to make you anxious. All right now. He knows how to make sure you get all the latest updates. Breaking news. Record-breaking data on coronavirus. All the news of a case from 2014 of some black person being killed, and we hadn't even heard about that one. So why you got you upset about this over here? I'm going to bring this one from 2014, too. What is he doing? He's going to get you to feed on those things. Y'all don't like this, right? Y'all don't like that right there. And that's why your joy is being... He's going to get you to feed on those things as opposed to these things that are meant to bring out virtue and praise in your life. So you and I are going to have to become more discerning eaters. Discerning eater. Eater. We need a little bit of culinary discernment. Culinary discretion. You don't just eat anything. 
Some people are vegetarians. They're not going to eat anything. Pescatarians and uh, lacto-ovatarians. They become discerning about what they eat. You and I are going to have to become discerning. Because it's not just to get you angry. It's to steal your joy. Boy, I wish y'all would grab a hold of what I'm saying to you. And I don't know if you understand how valuable your joy is. We've made joy just like, well, I, I feel good this morning. Hi, how you doing? No. Oh. You can't afford to let anybody, just like you got to protect your eyeball, if somebody came trying to poke their finger in your eyeball, try, try your neighbor, try to, no, don't do, don't do, don't do that, I was, just, I was just joking. I was just joking, Anissa, I saw, I got to, you about to poke somebody's eye out. But the moment anybody even gets close to your eyeball, even close, what, what? Right? You got to see your joy as that important. Glory to God. Find Colossians 3, please. Colossians 3. Right now, Satan's getting people to focus on all kinds of things, injustice and COVID-19 and whether we're going to graduate in March or not. How the economy going to turn out? People have been joyful for the last three, three months. But they heard that check getting ready to slow down. That little unemployment check getting ready to slow down. Huh? And they're like, er, er, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. Pump, what? Pump the brakes. <laughs> Worried about the elections. And when you meditate and focus on those things, it's zapping your joy. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 says, set your mind. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth or not earthly things. So there are earthly things. And there are also above things. And what the devil tries to do to every one of us, Maya, is to get us focused squarely on earthly things. Earthly things. Everything going on around us. Everything going on in us. Anything happening to us. And it's to get us set on things on the earth. But he says, no, set your mind on things above. Now, I probably didn't give you this, but let's add verse uh, 3 to this. Verse 3. Me didn't know me by now. I'm liable to hit the whole chapter. But let's Watch this. For you died. You died. And your life or your real life is hidden with Christ in God. 
So the real, the real you is unaffected by all this stuff. What people get upset about is because the you that they keep thinking that they are is affected. Did you catch what I said? <laughs> people are still living like they're natural. Living from the outside in instead of living from the inside out. And so because they live from the outside in, they get weary and wary and anxious about all this stuff out here and don't understand. No, the real you is hidden with Christ and God. The former you died. And your life is hidden with Christ and God. That's why, it, again, verse 2 Set your affections on things or your mind on things above. I went King, King James of y'all. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Set. Matter of fact, if you read an Amplified, it'll say set and keep it set. Y'all with me on this here? Give me the uh, message translation on verses 1 and 2. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. I want you to see this, how, how this looks here. Colossians 3, verse 1 and 2. Listen to this. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, how many of y'all are serious? Let me see your hand. Let me see your hand if you're serious. If you're serious, act like it. Tell your neighbor, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. What? Pursue the things over which Christ presides. I thought Christ ran everything. No, we already read the whole world is under the control of the wicked one. This whole system out here. So what you do is pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Keep going, please. Look up and be alert to what's going on around Christ, not what's going on around the world. Did you hear that? Not what's going on around the world. But Pastor, you don't understand. Don't look at what's going on around the world. You know, I was telling my wife this other day. Everybody now is making all these moves. Y'all pause my clock. I'm just joking. They, they can't even do that. They're making all these moves. We're going to end racism. I have news for you, ladies and gentlemen. You can't end racism even any more than you can end poverty. How you gonna end racism if you if you can't kill a devil? You can't kill a devil. It's a spirit. So if you can kill him, then you can end racism. You can end discrimination, you can end prejudice. But we're going to make sure laws in place. Laws don't change hearts. Laws don't change hearts. You want to end it? First start with you. I'm talking about you. You. Start with you. Then you can't end poverty. You gotta be a big bad something to end poverty when Jesus said the poor you'll always have with you. Jesus said the poor you're gonna always have with you. So how you gonna end what he said you're gonna always have? 
so you got you got to come back up and stop talking that down language that they're talking. You know what I'm going to do? Preach the gospel to the poor. Y'all didn't like that. <laughs> I'm going to preach the gospel to the poor. So Jesus said, the anointing is on me to preach the gospel to the poor. To heal the brokenhearted, right? All right. So, so don't get stuck on what's going on around the world. Look at what's going on around Christ. That's where the action is. That's where the action is. That's why y'all have intercession. That's why the women got together yesterday and prayed. Because that's where the action is. That's where you move things. You move things in the spiritual realm because, oh man, get this ladies and gentlemen. Everything in the natural is a manifestation of what's already preceded it in the spirit. Everything in the every everything in the natural is a manifestation of what's already happened in the spiritual realm. Nothing happens in the natural first. Everything happens in the spirit realm first. Everything. Everything. Hebrews eleven, around verse two or three, by faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things that are made were not. Were, Things that appear are not made by things which do appear, something like that. In other words, the, the visible came because of the invisible. You got it? All right. I got five minutes. Go back to 2 Corinthians 1, 23. Let me at least introduce you to this. 2 Corinthians 1, 23 and 24. Hallelujah. Protect your joy. <laughs> oh my God. If you want your faith to work, protect your joy. He says here, Paul, this is Paul talking to the church of Corinth. And he's dealt with them earlier in the church about uh, why he didn't want to come to them again. Because he was like, you know, I'm trying to brighten my tongue. I'm going to go off on y'all. So it's better. I'm just paraphrasing. <laughs> It's paraphrasing. My pastor went off. I'm just, it's, it happens. So Paul said, rather than me come back to y'all and go off on y'all and we have some little tension, I'm just going to write letters. So verse 23, he says this of 2 Corinthians 1. Moreover, I call God as witness against my soul that to spare you, I came no more to Corinth. Y'all got it? So I wouldn't go off on y'all no more. That's what he said. In fact, Amplified, he says, to avoid hurting you. Verse 24. Watch what he says. Not that we have dominion over your faith. I can't tell you how many times Pastor Kim and I say, have said, boy, we wish we could have dominion over people's faith. Not dominion over you, over your faith, because we, we know how to make faith work. We know what it takes to make faith work. And so we wish we could just let us do this for you. But we can't. We don't have a demand over your faith. Guess who has demand over your faith? You do. You're the only one who has demand over your own faith. Nobody else can do it for you. 
People can come together and pray with you, pray for you. They can intercede. They can touch and agree and all that kind of good stuff. But no one has dominion over your faith except you. Okay? He says, not that we have dominion over your faith, but here's what we can do. Here's what we are. Fellow workers for your joy. That's why we bring a good word. The good word is to get your joy strong, get your joy built up, for by faith you stand. So your faith will stand. And so Paul said, because we realize that, we got to make sure we help boost your joy. Glory to God. People oftentimes want to know, how come y'all always preaching good words? Like, you know, and I don't mean good word like enjoyable, but preaching good stuff like, you know, good things are going to happen to you. Why don't you preach on sin? You know what we do? I can tell you about sin. I can tell you about death, hell, and the grave. I can tell you about that. I can, and, and it's because it's all real. You get me one on one. I'm gonna talk to you about that. Oh Jesus! But. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring glad tidings of good things. So what you need are glad tidings of good things. That's why the Bible is in Galatians 6, 6 about uh, making sure you communicate with those who teach good things. You, you teach good things. Why? Because a good word going to make you glad. <laughs> and you need to be glad. Because if you're not glad, you're going to be sad, depressed, broken, and you're not going to make it. Y'all hear this. So he said, we are fellow workers for your joy. Fellow workers, for your joy. Now, give me Philippians 1.25. We are fellow workers for your joy. We, we can help each other's joy out. Don't you want to get around people who help your joy out? <laughs> I mean, even, even being around somebody who's going to tell a good riddle. How many of y'all would rather laugh than cry? Oh, we all would. When is the time to laugh and the time to cry? Well, not all the time. Don't, don't make cry most of the time. I don't want to cry all the time. I don't want to cry most of the time. I don't want to cry much of the time. I don't want to cry even a little of the time. I want to cry as little as possible. Because crying is dripping, just dripping joy right out, just leaking joy. Just. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So you need to get around people who's going to help build your joy. Paul says this. this is, if you read Philippians 1, this is Paul talking about how he had an option at the moment to go to heaven or stay home or stay here on earth. You hear what I said? He, he had an option. Elder Jeff, good preaching Wednesday. 
he had, a, he had an option to, you know, later on he said, I fought a good fight, the fight of faith he talked about. But right here he said, I got an option. He said, I could go to heaven now or I could stay. I'm, I'm hard pressed between the two. I'm not sure what I should do. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm pausing here intentionally. It was not part of my message, but I'm pausing here so that you understand that. So that you understand that. I'm, I'm going to teach a message here. I've, I've already plotted it out. I'm going to teach a message series on death, heaven, and hell. So you understand it. A lot of people act like there ain't no heaven and ain't no hell. <laughs> but there is. So Paul is saying, right now, I'm not sure what I want to do. Do I want to go to heaven where I can be with Jesus? Or do I want to stay here to be with y'all? It's my choice. This is what, this is what I'm trying to, trying to drive home to you. He said, it's my choice. There's no devil that can come pluck your name off no board. Like your grandma taught you. When death come creeping in the room. How grandma taught you. That's not how it works. Paul said, I'm not sure which one I want to do. But it's up to me. So he finally makes a decision, Minister Stafford. He says, you know, I can go to heaven and be with Jesus. That would be great. He said, but it's better for me. You go back to the previous verse. He'll say, it's better for me to be with you so I can help you. So Lord, he says in verse 25, he says, and being confident of this, being confident of my, confident of my ability to stay and help you, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith. I'm going to help you in your progress and joy of faith. Remember, he, we read over, over here in 2 Corinthians, I'm a helper of your joy. So I'm here to help your joy. Glory to God. Now, let me give you one last little section here because I'm over time. Give me that same verse before, before we leave here in the Passion, please. The Passion Translation. Philippians 1.25, the Passion. Paul says, yet deep in my heart, I'm confident that I'll be spared so that I can do what? Add to, Add to your joy and further strengthen and mature your faith. So the more we add to your joy, the stronger your faith gets. Are you getting this by now? I mean, can, can we go home and eat now? I mean, can you understand it by now that your joy is critical to your faith? And you, you might have thought joy is just something where I get to come to church and I sing and have a little good time and I go back home and I do my own thing. No, ladies and gentlemen, your joy 24-7 is critical to your faith. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Give me John 16, 23 and 24. I'm going to give you two more verses. You got time. <laughs> John 16, 23 and 24. I want you to see this at least. Jesus says this, and in that day, watch this, you will ask me Nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, 
What did he say? Say it again. Whatever he asked the Father in my name, what? This is Jesus talking, right? Is it in red? Most assuredly I say to you, most assuredly, most assuredly, this is Jesus Christ, most assuredly I say to you, I assure you. Now y'all better get this through your, through your thick skulls here. Get this through your Baptist minds, through your Kojic minds. I'm talking about through your denominational minds that teach you stuff like, well, maybe, will, maybe, won't, maybe it's the God. No, 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 no. He said, I assure you, whatever you ask the Father in my name. He will give you. Verse 24. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. Now, here's, here's what I want you to write this down. Joy fuels my faith Manifestation fuels my joy. That's critical. Joy fuels my faith. Manifestation fuels my joy. Is that what Jesus just said here? He said, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So he said, when you get manifestation, it fills your joy up. Now I'm teaching you, you need joy to, to get your faith up. But what he's saying here is, when you get manifestation, it'll fill your joy up. So what it looks like now, all y'all scientists and little mathematicians, y'all doing a little circular motion, it's a cycle. That keeps growing and keeps building. So the more I use my faith, the more I manifest. The more I manifest, the more joy I get. The more joy I have, the more faith my, uh, more my faith works. The more my faith works, the more manifestation I get. The more manifestation I get, the more my joy is. Come on, are you seeing this here? That's why we've taught you in so, on so many occasions that when you're using your faith, start small. Believe God for $5. Believe God for $10 to come out of nowhere. And when you get that manifestation, all of a sudden, oh, look at that. Well, look at that. Now you take that to another level. But you got to keep building your joy. You got to keep building your joy. Keep going around. Keep going around. Up. Every round goes higher and higher. Right? Because the more you manifest, the more you have your joy. Joy fuels my, my faith and manifestation fuels my joy. Got it? Is that worth writing down? Okay, I want to give you one more thing here. John 15. John 15. Hallelujah. And this, this is critical in this hour we're living in. John 15, I'm going to start at verse 9 and go through verse 11. It says, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be 
full. All right, now, he says here, different than what we just read a moment ago, is that he's spoken these things to us that his joy may remain. In other words, when Jesus Christ speaks, it's a good word. Right? And he says, so my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. My joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. All right. Now, this is, this is, this is important here. I think it's all important, but I just want you to note this. Two benefits of joy that you can take home with you for this week. And they're very simple and they're not that deep. One is you feel good. See how, see how shallow that was? Y'all didn't even say nothing. Benefit is, is you feel good. See all y'all faith giants, y'all like, no, I need something deeper than that, Pastor. No, you feel good. When you have joy, you feel good. Oh, boy. Depression hurts. It hurts everywhere. That's how the commercials say it. Say it. That's how to diagnose people. Painful aches in your body. They try to figure out, well, what's, what's wrong inside? Could it be some sort of physical issue or is it a physiological issue? Physiological meaning your physical is affected by your psychological physiological. Oh, because depression hurts. But if depression hurts, then joy makes you feel good. I mean, people try to fake it out with joy juice. You know, y'all know what joy juice is? Just, just hold your head straight, just look straight ahead. You know what joy juice is, some of y'all. Go to Cabana Sands, they got joy juice. And something different, they got joy juice and I'm just saying, it's clubs. It's all these clubs right here. They got joy juice. Right now, the governor trying to limit the joy juice that's flowing. Because people get too much joy in them. Joy juice, that little joy juice, and they start getting a little, little loose, right? But when people drink like that, they say, man, I feel good. Am I right about it? The truth is, joy feels good. Look at some of y'all. Y'all still waiting on me to say something deep. Joy feels good. Some of you, you haven't felt good in a long time. You got pain in your body. Pain in your mind. You barely sleep at night. Upset stomach, everything I eat, mess with my stomach. You are deficient in joy. The Bible says laughter does good like medicine. 
Laughter does good like medicine. Well, laughter is a joy reaction. And it says, so it'll do you good, your body good like medicine. Boy, I wish y'all would get this here. I, I can save you a couple copays. Right now. If you don't understand this simple fact, joy feels good. You can feel good. And the Bible says, beloved, I wish above all that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Got joy in my soul. God is in control. No, it's, that's, that's the wrong words. So, so, good intention. Bad execution. So, you, joy, when you get joy in your soul, how many understand that your spirit is perfect and healed? But between your spirit and your body is your soul. So when you get joy in your soul, it's the levy system that allows the healing, the anointing from your spirit, it opens the floodgates for healing to flow into your body. So all your muscles and tissues and blood vessels and blood cells and bones, the Bible says a good word will, will even make your bones glad. It'll make your bones rejoice, your bones glad. Your bones will feel good when you get joy. Are y'all getting this here? This, is, this ain't deep. This ain't deep. This ain't deep. I'm trying to tell you, if you want to feel good, you need to get your joy up. The Bible says this. Oh, my God. Proverbs 18, 14. The spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness, but who can bear a broken spirit? So your spirit, now remember in New Old Testament, they don't know the difference between spirit and soul. They don't know the difference in Old Testament, spirit and soul. So, so that spirit, same thing as soul for them, Old Testament. And when your spirit is strong, full of joy, it'll sustain you in sickness. But when your spirit is broken, you got sorrow, you got sadness, you got depression, who can bear it? You can't. Now, why is this important? This week, the CDC put out a report. And the CDC report, this is a good one. This, well, no, it's a good one depending on how you look at it. To me, it was a good one. What they said was, from the tests that they've run, tests that have been run across the country, tests for the infections and tests for the antibodies, they estimate that there have been at least 10 times more infections that are on, than that are on record. So if, in other words, they're saying if in America we're saying there's about 2 million people affected, they're saying in reality we've had at least 20 million infected. 
Now people are like, oh my God, that's bad. No, that's good because the death, death total didn't change. That means then the death rate is 10 times less, 10 times lower than they have previously suspected. That's good news. That's good news. But if you if you if you're if you are you know a, a pessimist, that's that's bad news. I'm scared. No, that's actually good news. Death rate is ten times lower. Now, here's what that means: is they didn't start running tests till January, February. Feb- no, February, March. Probably March when they actually start getting tests. Which means this thing, and I happen to know it. Coronavirus was around last year. For a long time last year. I know people who you talk to them, they say, I had that. Matter of fact, we go to the one, one of our favorite little restaurants here. I'm not going to name it. But they, they said their whole staff had it last November. The whole staff. Everybody that worked in the restaurant had it last November. But nobody died from it till you told them it was deadly. Y'all got to catch this. A man's spirit will sustain him in sickness, but who can bear a broken spirit? So the moment you tell someone that it's deadly, now when they hear it, they panic. Joy just zoom. Fear just soup. Are you seeing this here? So that's why you can't afford to let your joy dry up. You've got to keep your joy strong. Because it'll not only make you feel good, it'll keep you strong and keep you alive. All right. Did I tell you two things? Okay, here's the last one. The last one. Last one. This, this is a rundown, the last one. Because the last one, y'all already know. The first one, y'all knew it. You just didn't act, you didn't act like you didn't know it. The second one was your faith stays strong. This is what I've been telling you all day. Your faith stays strong. Nehemiah 8.10, do not sorrow, do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13, just write it down. 1 Corinthians 16.13, Paul said, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. Notice what he says. Stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. Your faith needs some strength to it. Romans 4.20, about Abraham, he did not waver the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Giving glory to God. Luke 22.32, Jesus talking to Peter. But I have prayed for you. That's awesome. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, 
strengthen your brethren. So he says, I pray that your faith should not fail, which means it's possible that your faith can fail if you run out of strength. So that's why your faith needs something to keep it strong. And it's called joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I grew up in a church. I grew up in church. And no matter where we went, back in the days, Deacon Mac, we used to have something called testimony service. How many of y'all remember testifying, testimony service? They don't do that today because people would be all off base. But now you got to make them write it out first. Let me read what you're going to say. Back in the day, we had testimony service. And inevitably, the, the standard closeout of your testimony was, if you know the works of prayer, pray my strength in the Lord. And when I look back at that, some of the people said that in a somber way. Pray my strength in the Lord. You know how you got what strength in the Lord? Joy of the Lord is my strength. Praise the Lord. Praise God. So you got to protect your joy. At all costs. Got it? Stand to your feet. Praise the Lord. You can't afford to let the devil steal your joy. He's after it. He's after it. He's after it. Which means also you have to, every day, That's why praise and worship is so vital. Spending time in devotion in the word of God is so vital. Listening to the word of God preached to you, getting a good word is so vital. Being around people that are going to help build your faith and build your joy. Hallelujah. Don't go hang around other depressed people. You got it? You got to get around people who their joy is Riding high too. Two people who their joy is not high, they're not going to build each other up. That's right. Listen to me. Everything in you naturally will make you find that person who's not going to build your joy. You've got to resist that natural inclination to, to find a back rubber. 
I'm just telling you, it's, just, it's a natural inclination. Joy is critical to my faith. Faith is critical to my manifestation. And I'm telling you, you probably got to take some time to turn off the world. <laughs> Just tune the world out right now. Hallelujah. And do whatever it takes to protect your joy. Amen. Father God, today, thank you so much for blessing us and speaking the word to us. Your word is a good word always, and your, that good word makes us glad and won't let our hearts stoop, won't let our hearts be depressed, won't let our hearts hang heavy. And God, today, the devil will give us all sorts of reasons, and we're aware of it, we're aware of it. And we're going to be more alert, more on the lookout for those ways and those times and those avenues he's using to try to bring us into a place of depression or sadness or grief or sorrow. But Lord, we resist that. We resist that. Thank you, Lord, that you give us a time to cry, but there's also a time to rejoice and to sing and to laugh and to dance. We choose those times more so. Hallelujah. So not only is our joy built up, but our faith is then built up. So that we can manifest and people can see and know that you are a living God, a good God, a true and living God. And so today, Father, I pray today that, Lord, your people will, will, will abound in joy in the name of Jesus. That your people will abound in hope. That they will abound in peace, O oh Lord, and abound in love and abound in expectation, O oh God. Abound in believing, O oh Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, that as we believe you, Lord, you'll manifest great things in our lives. We agree with what Lamika said earlier, Father, that every once in a while our souls need it. That's that little movement. That's that little, that, 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 that little action to see something happens. Thank you, Father, that you know how to give us those things from time to time here and there to show us you are moving, you are working, you are acting on our behalf. Hallelujah. That the more those things happen, Father, the more our joy just increases, oh God. And the more our joy increases, God, our faith gets stronger. Abraham was strong in faith, giving glory to God. So, Lord, we continue to give glory to your name and show you, Father, that our faith is solid. Our faith is set on you. We trust in you to do wondrous things in our lives. So, Father, I speak that this day and this week, will be a joy-filled time for the people of God. That as we even um, tune out world of distractions and tune in to the things of the Spirit, that joy will bubble up in us and overflow. That as we have to go back out into the world, that wherever we go into stores or at work, wherever we go, people will see joy. They can see joy on us. That, Lord, that it'll be like Samaria here. That we'll be able to say that there's great joy in this city. Hallelujah. So let joy flow and abound for your people. Father, I pray the blessing of the Lord upon your people. That we would prosper and be in health. Even our, as our joy-filled souls prosper.
we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.